I'm having trouble controlling the volume of my voice. All right, here we go. Uh, welcome, everybody, to oh. Barrel Proof episode number 269. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, oh my, my name is Taylor Sorrells. I'm your host this evening. I'm joined by the entire uh, Barrel Proof crew for the first time in a hot one. Uh, Ty's here. Say hi, Ty. Hey, what's up? I thought we had a celebrity guest tonight. Yeah, he is uh, a celebrity guest yeah, host. Uh, Robbie Barker. in a month or two. <laughs> Our it's host. Coming host. Home. It's coming Oh, uh, yeah. He home. had to crawl out of the woodwork to talk about England. <laughs> is that any reason? Uh, which is the only reason he's here, and also because he volunteered his back porch for us to, to sit and talk on tonight. <laughs> Uh, glad everybody's here. Glad Patrick to have everybody twos, back. Sorry. Oh yeah, Patrick on the the ones and twos, the buttons, the dials. What a shit journalist. Yeah, he's he's very he he's very critical of Harry Kane right now, and I just you know apparently a, a secret Denmark fan, I guess, so maybe not so secret. Uh, you know, you, like the they're underdog. underdogs. There's a great story. I, you know, I'm yeah. here for that. Uh, we've we were off last week. A lot of soccer to talk about. I'm ignoring all the other <laughs> shit that's going on here. A uh, lot lot of soccer to talk about. We we missed last week because. You know, life happened to all of us. Uh, uh, so lots of games to recap, and we'll we'll run down through that. Uh, and then we have July 4th to, to dig through. I don't remember very much of it. I had a great time lighting things on fire. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure everybody else did, too. And, uh, yeah, we're hanging on Robbie's back Did you back guys porch. have a backup, Terry? Um, we did. We did buy <laughs> the backup, Terry. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I saw that that was for sale. Oh, yeah. That is a classic video. The, I mean, it's here's hilarious. the secret to buying fireworks. You go. Y'all yeah. know this? No. The backup Terry. Video. Oh man, you'll have to check it out, Patrick. It's it's legendary. It's legendary such that now they make a firework called. Backup I don't know what you. Terry. What do you call just a single firework? A firework? I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a large. It has a lot of fireworks in it. <laughs> so it's. I don't know. Lots of stuff blows up. It's a single firework that you light on fire, but it's called the backup Terry. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. You'll have to check it out. Go to YouTube, watch the backup yeah. Terry video. Patrick, catch up with us when you get back from 2018. <laughs> Do we have to put a safety notice on the podcast now that if you use a backup Terry, we're not responsible for what happens? I think that's on the box, so I think we're good to go. <laughs> Robbie should have been a lawyer. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so do y'all want to just dig straight into games? You want let, or let's hit them. We got a lot to talk about. So we, uh, we, we've missed three racing games since our last podcast, we have. right? And one then of which was the best racing game we've seen so far this season. The three zero win away, yeah, in right. Chicago, you know, on a sloppy field, and the other two are less fun to talk about. Um, and two uh, city games, two city games. Uh, one so being we the cannot most possibly yeah. cover all of it, but yeah, we're gonna try. We'll take a stab at it. Um, Let's do. Let's start. Let's do chronological order. I guess uh, the last game we missed was the North Carolina visit to uh, Lynn Family Stadium Wednesday two weeks ago. I guess three um, 0 loss wasn't a five 0 loss. Uh, <laughs> didn't give up twenty shots. Only gave up like seventeen, nineteen, something like that. You know, positive signs. Um, but the the lineup we started in that game, I think, was was not our A plus lineup. Um, Jorian, and that's and I hate to say that, but it, it's probably accurate. Jordan a lot Bauckham of changes started in that lineup that night. Yeah, there were. Yeah, Jordan Bauckham started up top. Uh, we, are, you know, kind of a makeshift back uh, back line. Um, I think Kaylee Real and in any event, it was it wasn't what you would call racing's first choice, especially given the hot streak that Ebony Salmon had been on, and can, and this more or less continues to be on. Um, but frankly, and you know, a, a good performance, all things considered, from racing didn't put much together in the way of offense. Uh, did y'all hear the, the best thing that came out of that game though was Lynn Williams scored the f- first two goals, right? 
So the joke on Twitter was it's now Lynn Williams Family Stadium, oh. Oh, which God. I thought was really funny. I, yeah. I didn't like it at first. So like, that's a pretty good joke. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, she scores on a, you know, God, the, I, the, the opening goal was a really good one, you know, just breaking down space, got one-on-one, and beat Betos. Nothing Michelle could really do about it. And then the second goal was a header uh, just a little bit before halftime. Uh, I can't recall about the third goal. Uh, you know, it was just two. It was just the two in the first half. Yeah, I think they scored again. They did, but I can't remember who who it was. It wasn't Lynn Williams. Um, but you know, North Carolina's good. They're at the top of the table, which where, where they should be. Yeah, took no, them, and took we them had that whole conversation where I was trying to refute that point. But you were you were right. They're definitely. I mean, they're the best team I've seen. Yeah, um, they were awesome, um, and they were still missing a, a piece or two. But you know, Sam Ewis absolutely dominated that game in the midfield. But you know. You know, laying claim to her, you know, her throne is her and Lindsay Horan, the two best midfielders in NWSL in uh, Marta, I guess. But as far as no one can, I got my money on Dabinia, but yeah. Same. Was it just two zero? I thought we scored. They scored a third goal. Patrick is is correcting me. I could have sworn. Okay, well, good. So it was just two nil. Well, it wasn't five nil. Like but it was good. I, I like the, you know, the rotation and getting other people some minutes yeah. and and some experience and it's that's great to see. And it's a midweek game among two games that I think Busy Coach week. Holly probably thought he had better chances to so get some points out of. Right, yeah. and so it wasn't. Well, it turns out he was right. Right. Because we go to Chicago and after like right. a two-hour rain delay. Get a 3-0 win. Savannah McCaskill finally gets on the board. Yuki Nagasato gets on the board finally. Ebony Salmon hits a slow roller to the back corner <laughs> to open up the scoring. Uh, and, you know, the red card definitely helped. Don't get me wrong. But Louisville City looked like – or Louisville City. Racing Louisville looked like the better team for most of the game. Chicago is a team in a bit of a you know messy spot right now. Nice to see that Racing could, could really take advantage of it. Like I said, the best they've looked all season. Fox was, was a dynamo. We had a new look front – uh, front three where Nagasato was kind of playing the 10 or on the wing. Malay got to play a much more offensive role, and Salmon like, is a nightmare for other teams in, to deal with defensively. I was just in in love with the way that that change went. And then you had Freya and Savannah in the middle, uh, and they actually – we possessed the ball in the game. The first game where we actually had some possession, I, I think we were really close to 50-50 there. Uh, just a much – like I said, the most complete performance we've seen all season. Um and got the three and points away. The away first away well. win. First right. ever away win. Gosh. Yuki gets on the board with her first goal. And it was a, it was a ni- nice to see her finally get off the snide because she'd missed some sitters earlier, and it was kind of disappointing. Yeah. What uh, I was I, encouraged by, not game-related, actually, um, obviously it was what pre-game of the Indy 11 game. Right. And uh, going over to 10-20 and seeing the – they had the – the game on the big screen there. Yeah. And there was a, a glued to the TV. I don't know how many folks were in there. It was probably upwards of 50, close to 100, really focused on the game. And just from a fan culture perspective, really enjoyed seeing that. And I, I was walking through and, oh, wow, I can't believe they've got it on this huge screen. You know, yeah. It was really, really cool. So I think racing starting to take a hold in the community really well. The attendances, I think, have been pretty solid. It has. Um, I think yeah. we just got our biggest attendance, right? Yeah, so, I think that's accurate. So just from a fan, you know, how the team's being received perspective, I, I think it's really exciting to see. I, I agree. Um, it's like, ha- you know, I've been to a bunch of their games so far this season. I haven't made it to all of them because, like I said, life, vacations, et cetera. Um, and, it, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's a bit of a different vibe at the racing games, but, like, it's in, it's in a good way. 
just a lot of positivity surrounding the team. And I think that the players really exude that. Christy Holly really exudes that. Um, and then everybody, it's kind of infectious. And so I think that's really neat to see. Um, and, and this is a foundational season, right? You talked about the squad rotation as well on the pitch and, you know, developing players. I don't think we're under any illusions that we're probably winning the league this yeah. year. And, and, I'd, and I'm sure Christy's not either. So he wants to get as many players opportunities. He wants to ch- check his rotations. He wants to give these signings, who some of which are new to the league, and you know, get get these uh, folks bedded in because in the coming year, two, three onwards, our expectations will change. Yeah. So I think this is an incredible right. um, foundation building year, and I think we've been been creditable the way we've gone about these games and the way we've played. And I think I don't know what the buzz online and the Twitterverse is. But I think we've proven to be a pretty solid addition to the league. I think I think people are fairly impressed with the way things have gone, given the way that the buzz was of surrounding team before the season started. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I think I am a little bit more impressed with than I than I'm had I kno- had I known this, I, I may have thought about it a little differently. But Brad Estes was on, I think, uh, in the house or something a couple weeks ago, and he's like, I think the big difference makers for us thus far have been. Uh, Gemma Bonner in the back and Ebony, Sam- Ebony Salmon up front. And these are signings that we completed back in like December, January, before we ever kicked the ball, before preseason started any of that. Um, which tells me, obviously, Christy kind of knew what was coming down the pipe, knew what he needed to do to get the rest of the team prepared for when those changes were coming coming along. And the way that everyone has kind of adapted seamlessly, at least from out- all outward appearances, uh, to ha- having them in the field and then really just making everything better as they come along has been awesome to see. Um, and so I, I got to give uh, Holly and, and obviously Brad and, and James O'Connor, who does a lot of our technicals and scouting work and stuff yeah. like that, you know, ton of credit, which they, they regularly get and they deserve because that's, this, that's, that's strategic long-term planning that I don't think that a lot of people understand is happening. And, you know, they don't talk about it a lot, probably because it's not beneficial for them to do that. But, you know, we're seeing the results now and, and the way those yep. two have really changed the way that racing is played and gives Holly a whole new set of options, uh, like so that, that Chicago game being Exhibit A and, as far as right. I'm concerned. Uh, took a bit of a downturn uh, the other night against uh, Portland Thorns, um, and Portland was missing a couple of key players, but, you know. Seemingly, it was a great opportunity for us to yeah. you know, take advantage of the international duty uh, of, of their Cause major uh, the, stars because yeah, all the Olympic players are gone well, right. except for yeah Haran was gone too um, so that yeah a bit of a letdown you gotta say but it didn't seem like it came together that night yeah um, and I I couldn't tell you what was off I, I didn't get a chance to catch a whole lot of the game I looked at the numbers you know it's another one of those we gave up 17 shots only 7 on goal which isn't too terrible. We had a we had a put together some. Seventeen is actually an improvement on right, some that's of what our I'm saying. <laughs> performances. Like, a, like I said, I'm, right. I'm saying that as though it's a positive. Even right. though, it, you know, if, if it was something else, you might not think so. Um, seven on goal. Uh, you know, we produced a little bit more offense, created a few more chances. So offensively, racing actually finally, not finally, got their teeth into the game a little bit more, but could, didn't have you know came away with nothing to show for it. Um, but you know, it's it's a you know. You, what, what's his face, uh, Daryl Morey or whatever the guy at uh, the, the Philly 76ers oh, trust uh, the process or whatever. I mean, you ca- that's right. kind of what you got to do here. Yep. And I'm happy to do it because every every point we get is a you know feels like you've really worked your ass off to get it. Um, and I think that's something that 
that like kind of pervades this whole season. I mean, it's, so. and it's still early too. I mean, there's not many points separating the top of the table from from where we're at at no. eight now. Right. Um, you know, we're six points back from Carolina, and we're probably what three out of a playoff spot, two out of a playoff spot. Right. Right. Yeah. It's pretty bunched up. Long way to go. They're in the middle, and there's a long way to go. So it's in, you know we're going to give everybody their mo- their run for their money. I think we got to try and take advantage of uh, these Olympic absences as best we can in this next in, – in, you know, these no- coming few weeks or however long it is. Uh, that's going to be a, a big deal for us because we're not – we didn't lose anybody. Um, so that's, that's very helpful. Uh, so that's kind of – waiting on Nadim to get her uh, papers in order. Such that's coming. You know, Sorry so for her Denmark compatriots today. That was a real tough loss for them. Right. But I think she's probably <laughs> proud of how they turned out. Um, who's racing's next game? That's something I should know. <laughs> Patrick's still bitching. We go to Orlando. Game. We're at Orlando <laughs> on Friday. That's a winnable game. Um, Alex Morgan is out. Alex Morgan is out. Uh, Sydney LaRue is still there, obviously. Uh, Taylor Korniaki is still there. Marta shouldn't be there, though, right? Um, so, you know, th- points, are on the, points are up for grabs in that one, I think. So, uh, Orlando not having a – not having a bad season, but not, you know, once again, not necessarily living up to what their hopes and expectations were. Again, it's early on, so you really can't say too much about it. But, um, like I said, I expect Addison Merrick keeps on playing a little bit more, and I'm excited yeah, to see her. Good to see her uh, back healthy. more and more. And her and, you know, Katie McClure con- contributes a little bit more in different ways every match. So, you know, I think this is a prime opportunity for, for racing to earn, earn some points. Um, I mean, they're all opportunities, don't get me wrong, but this seems like a more of an opportunity than others. Like, was it some are more equal than others? Isn't that an Orson Welles quote or something <laughs> like that? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, speaking of opportunities lost, do we move to the uh, the 11 game? Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, super frustrating. Super frustrating. Extremely frustrating. So, you Go know, ahead, boys. great day, right? Great start. Yep. And then... Just some of these defensive lapses kicked in again. Obviously, goes without saying. Three, three, three final result. Um, not what we hoped for. Had, at the to, start work, of the had day. to work hard to get that third one too. Yeah, we did. We were lucky to come away with the point. Yeah, I think well Probably deserved. Last, it I'll tell you what, though. We the the last fifteen minutes of that game. I mean, Indy was just getting absolutely shelled. Yep. Granted, we weren't producing. Felt like it was coming, but yeah, it sure it just, did. But there was a lot of crosses and a lot of just not real threatening. Yeah. Balls, Frustrating to, to give up four points at Lynn Family Stadium to that team this year. Really especially, frustrating. Especially in the manner we did in that game because I felt like we came out with great energy and we were ready to go. And, and I'll just be honest, I, I, you know, I don't like to be directly critical of individuals too much, but I think Tosh will look back on that game and say to himself, probably not his finest moment in Louisville City shirt. First goal, indecision on the long ball. Yeah. Kind of put us in a, on the back foot. Ball goes out wide. We don't close the ball through a keel. Goal, 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think it was just kind of a theme of their goals. It was defensive lapses. It was deep cross coming in from the right. Hatch Off a corner all, kick. All alone. And now, worldly of a finish from, ha- from, yeah. from him, which you wouldn't expect. But again, just defensively, we weren't at the races. And truthfully, we haven't been at the races defensively that, that well of late. No, I, I, th- um, I think things, when McMahon subbed on in the second half, I think things tightened up a yep. lot. Um, I hate to lay a whole lot at the feet of Akil Watts, but that probably was a game he'd rather forget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have I have had and still have high hopes for him, but he struggled a bit this season um, in the different places we put him. 
you know, I, I hope he finds a way to adjust, adapt, and overcome uh, some of these issues that he's had uh, in those veins because, uh, you know, I, I want to see our young players do well. He's a young player. He came in with, with some hype. Uh, you know, he played at RCD Mallorca and, you know, was just trying to look at looking for a fresh start. Um, and we haven't really found a, a spot where he is able to be as productive for us as we'd like. Yeah, I feel like we haven't found the best role for him. Um, he's shined in certain instances, but then, yeah, yeah it, you know, it was just glaring that right side of the defense on that second goal especially was frustrating because we clear the corner, you know, good clearance, and mm -hmm. we have a cross coming in from half field basically yeah. to yeah. the back post. And they had three people that could have scored that yeah. goal, it looked like. I think there's a lot of culpability I mean, from a defensive perspective there, a lot of probably pointing and turning and who's got who. And, sure. And we don't, we're not used to that. No. Let's be truthful. We're no, not used to that. That's accurate, yeah. Um, and it's been a bit of a theme. It's, of a, it's a bit of a trend. I mean, we gave up two against Tulsa. Uh, of course, we went up 3-0. Yeah, you know, which was a little bit of an odd scenario where we're <laughs> kind of, you know, we're kind of resting our. It's hard to mm -hmm. keep up the momentum being up three zero, right? But we yeah. give yeah. up two, and about let them back in the game, and then give up three to Indy, two at Sporting, and then two at Sporting. It, you know, yeah. it, it does seem like there's a little bit of a trend here where we're a little bit more porous than we need to be. I mean, obviously, if we're scoring four goals or even three goals, uh, that's generally going to take us to where we need to be, but. You know. And we talked earlier about the need for squad rotation with racing. And I think it did it's kind of stemmed a little bit from Alexi had a few games where he wasn't at his best. Right. And then we made a change and we lost that partnership. And it seems to have been a bit of a musical chairs in the back. Not like massively, but right. here and there making changes that just haven't quite paid off. And then we went back really to the, to the, uh, the, yeah, original, the original starting. Yeah, and I yeah. think for the most part we looked a bit mostly more solid, I would say, but still two goals, you know. But I think it was so. actually a brand new – it was really a, br a new combination the last game with Tosh, Sawai, mm -hmm. and Sharpie as a back yeah. three, which yeah. we hadn't – I don't think yeah. we've seen that this no, season. No, well, not, this is the first time Danny's um, rolled out. We, did we play any 3-5-2 that first game um, against Atlanta? I feel like we, we may have. I know we definitely rolled it out once last year. Uh, I know Danny really likes that formation, and we def and we rolled it out again. We against, rolled it out. We've had Sporting McMahon Kansas in the City. back three. We've had, but Sharpie you know. has done nothing but impress me all season um, with what he's been able to bring to the table recently. I I've really liked watching him play, especially uh, against SKC the other. Uh, it just seems that he, he's be it seems like he's better in the three than he is yeah, in the two. Yeah, he's got a lot mm -hmm. of range. He moves yeah. really well. Um, I think giving taking space away from him somehow doesn't work in his favor maybe I, I may like i said i'm just spitballing here but he's worked well when he's got a lot of room and to operate whether it's to go allowed to go forward because he's pretty good at that um or like defending one-on-one -on -one, i think he managed to cover a lot of ground pretty quickly he's a big dude um so it's always entertaining to to watch uh a new formations roll out especially when it allows guys like go jogo uh to get up the wing uh, a lot higher than he ne necessarily oh has to and takes away a little bit of his defensive. I mean, when you're playing 3-5-2, you still got to defend the, the, the sideline or whatever, but uh, you get a little bit more freedom to go forward, and he loves to take advantage of that and has been doing it every game. Oh, it's been every every game he looks better going to that byline. I, I don't know how I, I don't know how he does it, but he, he gets to the byline every time. <laughs> and is so composed on the ball, you know, it looks like 
you got to pass, you got to pass, you got to go out. No, no. <laughs> he's just going to keep barreling towards the goal, and then he's going to pass it last minute for yep. a tap in. Yep. I mean, we've seen it multiple times. We have. And it's nice that Ombi's kind of gotten to be on the receiving end of a couple of those. Finally getting uh, on the scoreboard during the season as opposed to waiting till the postseason. We what like a, that. What about Ombi? Brian Ombi, a, ma- a, a man had, possessed. A, Team yeah. of the week, two weeks in a two, row. Two or three right? weeks in a row, yeah. yeah he's, he's done wonders. This little stretch of the season, he's been a terror. I mean, it's it's awesome to watch. I, I think I texted you guys. I mean, he looks angry. He looks like a man on a mission, yeah. which is just a, well, just Nate, awesome because he he can take over a game. And if he takes his chances and finishes them, he's – He's a game changer in our league, and we know that. We see it in playoff with playoff Ombi. His thing is, you know, stay healthy. But if he can, if he can stay healthy and continue to run to run on the wing at people, and we have Jogo on the other side running yeah, at people. That's I mean, a dangerous combination. It's um, it, it we're we're not going to have any problems. I think on the offensive well, side of the ball. And we're lucky that that has developed and at the time that it has because Cam's been out the last two games, right? Right. And uh, that's Ombi's concussion brother in arms, apparently. Uh, uh, <laughs> Cam picked up a concussion yep. day before the indie game uh, two weeks ago or whatever it was uh, and wasn't able to play. Uh, Kyle Gregg gets it on the score sheet uh, last week against SKC, which is great. Um, uh, did he score against Indy, too? I can't remember. No, uh, Bill Piccolo, Gomez, and Bo. That's right. Right. Uh, I was excited. Uh, it was a while ago. It feels a while ago, right? We have to do this every week so we don't miss <laughs> games and forget what the hell it is we're talking about. Me especially. Uh, but – you know, having having Greg there to uh, be the poacher that he can be sometimes, uh, and when Ombi does what he does, that opens up a lot of room for other people to be able to do things that they do. Uh, Corbin Bonus looked really good these last few games. Uh, that goal he scored against Indy was was fabulous, and right. it, I, if I was him, I'd be just as pissed as as he was, as he was uh, that not to score a second one before that game ended. Um, We've talked to, yeah, and we've talked about rotation in the back, and we've had rotation up front. But you look at our central midfield, and Paolo and Corbin have basically They've played. Been good. Tyler Gibson played really well. And, Tyler, against and Tyler's coming SKC. to his own as well. I still, I still would like to see. Uh, you know, I wish Elijah hadn't gotten hurt because I know he was a he was the, a big part of the plans in the center of the park. And I w- that's what I really kind of wish that uh, Akil would would have been able to pick up and run with. Although we've needed some depth on the on either, on either fullback spot, and I think that's kind of he's just there because that's a, a position of need, um, and yeah. has been for a while, frankly. But uh, you know, no, and I, I say that as though Pat McMahon isn't like in the room. He's not in the room, but you know, isn't on the team because <laughs> he's once quietly that one bad pass against Tulsa aside, having a great season, you know, holding it down over there and just making great decisions like ninety nine point eight percent of the time. Um, but uh, you know, I I, do, I, I really just, w- yeah, and just bringing him on at halftime, I think spoke volumes. Yeah, who's the steadying hand that yeah. we can bring on? It's but it, but, Pat, it, right? the, but that kind of brings me back. Like we we've, we've got to find. You know, I think Tyler has played well, but he's not the uh, ab- clean everything up type guy that like for example Speedy Williams was in front of the back four. Yeah, I mean he's makes good decisions and is is really good at getting pressure on the ball carriers and things like that. Uh, it's just a little bit different, and I think that's kind of put the the lack of that, you know, kind of vacuum cleaner, for lack of a better term, in front of the back four is kind of has occasionally put Tosh and Swahi in positions that they're not accustomed to being in. Um, and I may be reading into too much a little sure. bit, but I I still 
am kind of I'm aching for a for you know a, an heir apparent at right back, and I'm aching for a a permanent solution number six. And that may be Gibson. I may just not be getting enough credit because he's had some good games. Like he had a great game against Kansas City, but I don't know what to make of that because Kansas City isn't very good this year. Mm-hmm. Well, he's become a. I mean, I think he's. He's he certainly improved to the extent that you know coach relies upon him to play ninety minutes. I mean he's right. been a stalwart, and he works well with the guys the in front of him. There's no question yeah. about that. Yeah, and he does. I think, like you say, when you talk about everybody's got a little uh, an errant touch here and there, but for the most part, maintains possession, is in a good position. Um, you know, he started that goal. Um, I guess it was the was it the third one? I guess maybe at. Sporting, you know, putting Jogo in. He did. No, that's a great ball. You yeah. know, with the great ball down the sideline. And um, so it looks like we're getting some, consi- you know, like I say, we've had consistency in the center of the park, if not elsewhere. And yeah. so it, it seems like we're just trying to find the, the 11 that are, are going to be our. Yeah. You know, I, and I, th- I wonder how much of this is a little bit of Danny trying to kind of put a little bit of his touch on the, on the guys, which, you know, it's harder to do when you've got a group that we have that, you know, are used to playing each other and play a certain way. And I don't think Danny's trying to rock the boat in any way, shape or form. Um, I think Danny's from what I can, from what I'm picking up out of his press conferences is a lot more about trying to get guys in the right headspace and have the, have the right mentality going to games. And I think we've done a, a really good job of that to, to his credit. Um, you know, we're not coming out of, out of the gates really slow necessarily. Like, like we kind of tend to do sometimes. Um, and I, you know, I think that it would be, you know, I know it was Hackworth's dream. Let's score a goal in the first 15 minutes so we can open them up and then go charge <laughs> at them behind. Well, we're doing we're doing those early goal part all of a sudden, but the problem is that we're the ones that get cut open, <laughs> and that's not the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I like the mentality I think, though. I think Keep it's just growing. Right? Some of it's growing pains, right? I mean, yeah. look, we're still we're sitting t- second in the table. First in points per game behind Birmingham. With the game know. in hand, I mean. Yeah, yeah. With the game, that's what I mean. No, I, and that's what I was going to say here again, you know, to kind of wrap that in. I'm doing game. a lot of bitching about a team that's basically yeah. really good. Yeah, we know. have a tendency, right, to see the glass as half full, and, and we hate that we didn't beat Indy in either of our home games. And I'm sure Danny's as upset as anyone because he wants to send the, the, the big crowd home happy. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, 3-3 on a game where we had, what, 64% of the possession, 15 shots, you know. Yes, it's like how disappointed can we ultimately be, you know, to be second in the table? Really, for me, first, if you take yeah, that. No, right. Yeah, right. no, you know, it, things are things are looking good, but you and know, we got two more shots at them. We know, yeah, you know, we can yeah. still win the what do we call the, the Lip FC Lip FC with the is it the series for the whole season the Lip FC? I yeah, guess. there, there yeah. isn't an official trophy that I'm aware of. Right yeah, no, we talked about cup. like making a road cone. Somebody was talking about <laughs> stealing a traffic barrel or something like that. There was some discussion on Twitter recently about that that I got a big kick out of. <laughs> oh yeah, Patrick. Patrick works the I sixty five traffic cone for the I sixty five dog. Which thing, gosh, they're make it say it's I dot Carol Stadium, and we don't have to deal. Yeah, we don't have to deal with Lucas Oil um, <laughs> and the lines. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, the the whatever it is up there at the mic. At least so they have a field. Unlike so we've Oakland. kind of alluded to the Kansas City game. We've talked about it. Obviously, a good win on the road at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you hate seeing giving up that uh, giving up that second goal late. And I know Danny was not not pleased about the way the first half went, where we go up early but then give up a goal really quickly after that. It was a nice goal, to be fair, a kind of you know one that you don't want to give up by any stretch. A uh, couple interesting a notes. Out of that yeah, I think the cross was deflected. It was a little bit 
fortunate I, for I, you, you know, know for Sporting to get I'm, back in that. But good I'm, thing that we did, we didn't lose sight. You know, kept tacking and yeah, much and much better energy in the second half for sure. Right. You know, I was uh, surprised that Parker Shakespeare got the start. I I don't know how much of that was down to. Uh, what Danny said in his post-game conference was, you know, he'd been playing really well in, in practice, and Hubbard understood and said, yes, he has been playing well in practice. Uh, give, him the, give him the chance to go. I can't imagine that's exactly how that conversation went down. Um, but And I'm sure there's some consideration of when are you going to get him games? Well, that and he's a Kansas City. Is he a loanee for, for us? Is he loan, on loan for, uh, to mm. us from Kansas City? I I know he came and I know he went back for like a minute. Yeah, and then we loaned him back. That's what happened. Right. That's very weird. But anyway, there's I don't know if there's some (laughs) interesting relationship going on there that I don't understand or know about, and that's all fine and good. He did okay. Um, you know I I felt like he could done a little bit better on that first on that opening goal, but aside from that, you know, came out when he needed to come out. Pretty good in distribution. You know, I didn't pay a ton of a ton of very close attention to what he was doing to be honest with you. Uh. But uh, second half was a lot more fun to watch than the first, a lot more up and down. Uh, we got ourselves in a whole lot more dangerous positions, had three dangerous chances uh, and scored all three of them. Um, and Ombi's, go- I mean, goal of the week. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's right? I mean, that, that move to get to, to open himself up on the left. And we've seen that left-footed shot he's got yep. multiple times. He j- you know. We've seen that one dribble to the keeper a few times as well. So it was really yeah. nice to well, see him really get a good strike <laughs> on the ball. Uh, <laughs> but no, I no love scuffs. To, no scuffs. You week. love to see that. I'm just, I'm just giving him a hard time. But uh, we know finish, get, finishing's yeah. what we've always kind of yeah. said is the final kind of hurdle for you know fitness and finishing. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. the two biggest things. And uh, just to see that finish and the confidence that must be building in him between you know just the contributions he's having all over the field as well. But putting the cherry on top with a goal like that just all it does is raises. His morale, and, and I'm sure he's going to continue coming out all guns blazing here because he's. Did Hopano see the field last week? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he came on. Did yeah. he try to start any fights with people over pushing Jugo around? I'm going to guess that's yes. like his role these days. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Even if it wasn't caught on camera, I'm guessing. No. <laughs> he, he, uh, he got in a fight. He tried to get in a couple of fights in the indie games. I think he was a little joke, fight up online about France losing as well. I think I saw something on Twitter. Man, so. I was bummed about that. Oh, I was devastated. Right, moving along. <laughs> oh, did we change a game? Yeah, we're watching uh, uh, Austin in the the uniforms that don't look like they're Austin uniforms. Okay. Just saw Tampa, Tampa Bay go down to Miami, which is great for is, our potential regular season hopes. Which I'm, you know, we're right there where we need to be with Phoenix, Tampa Bay, Rio. You know, the leaders of all the different divisions. But I mean, we, I really want to see a regular season title at some point because we have not. We haven't gotten there. No, you know, even that t- even that year we won the, I guess it was 2017. We won the Eastern Conference. Right. Regular season. Real Monarchs are the. But ones whoever it was points. in the West had yep. more points, even though we didn't play anybody in the West, and right. so they get the regular season trophy. You know. Yeah, well, Lance McGarvey's been banging that drum for a long time. I have so too. Uh, lots of we, credit to. We do it. We talk about it every time, every chance we get. Yeah. I, At least I, there's a little crossover this year. It was exciting. Well, I, yeah, you good. know, we got New Mexico coming to town. That'll be fun. Um, uh, we're heading out west again here, what, Saturday, to play Tulsa again? Yep, back to Tulsa. That's uh, a game we need to win again. Um, hopefully, we, if we, we, it'd be cool if we you know, did the whole three, ga- three goals in ten minutes thing again, but this time didn't give up to it. It made me very <laughs> nervous. 
Um, I doubt I'm going to guess this might be more of a grinder. Yeah. I don't think I we're going to get that 3 0 head start. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't I know doubt if we're going to score any corner kick goals <laughs> this time. No more uh, Olympicos. I don't know. It <laughs> yeah. could happen. I mean, Nile, you know, there's, there's more than one person that could make that. Nile almost made this, too. They they got a lot of dangerous pieces on on the attacking end, but yeah. but they give up goals, and they're, so they're very incomplete. It's it's one of these where if we can if we can tighten up the defense and you know not give and keep keep them out, especially being the away you know you know yeah on on the away. I think it's side. one of those games where it it would be useful for us to be a little bit more pragmatic and try and play. I'm not saying you know sit 10 men behind the ball or play a low block or anything. that's not really that's an anathema to the way we play um but try and be a little bit more judicious about how often you send numbers forward uh, you know make sure you're not exposed in have a lot of distance between lines in the midfield and things like that uh in transition because that's how we got exposed against them last time i think just gotta you know i don't sometimes you kind of have like, transition moments are key in this game obviously in any, in any soccer game, and Wolves City likes to try and pounce on those as best they can. That's kind of really where our bread is made in a lot of ways. But this might be a game where we've got to try and maybe just pick them apart a little bit more slowly uh, and just be real careful. Because, um, you know, I think we have the talent to beat them. We just got, like, like you say, though, we've got to find a way to not, you know, there's a fine balance you got to strike between trying to push forward and score goals without leaving yourself exposed in the back. And, I, you know, I think they're they've come along. They're coming along. We've, we've given up a, a lot more goals than I'd like to see us give up so far this season. Uh, so that's something that I'm obviously everyone's aware of. But I, I think that's this is a, a prime opportunity to try and see if, if whatever changes they need to make are, are going to work. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we where we come out on the defensive side of things because we have we have switched it up a bit, mm -hmm. trying to find exactly what we what we like what we want to do and and maybe it does change per you know for each opponent you know maybe maybe that's part of it. Is I that think Hackworth did was was game that type playing of guy. and and so we're not going to go with the same three or the same four in the back yeah. because the opponent changes and that that makes sense too. No, and I I think that was a nice wrinkle that Hackworth brought to this team when he came in. He would adjust the game plan depending on what strengths and weaknesses he saw on the other side. Not to say that O'Connor wouldn't, but it seemed like with O'Connor, we played the same way just about every game. Very, I, I, I'm probably oversimplifying. I'm certain I'm not giving him the credit he deserves, but it, we didn't, it didn't really matter who the opponent was. We're going to try and play the way we play. Yeah, and, I think you know, philosophic stop us. Yeah, philosophically, I think that was his mindset, right? Is we play the way we play, and we're going to impose our will on you. Right. Uh, which – you know, most of the time works when you're the better team. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, you come a cropper when you come up against someone better than you. But we do not often have that. Um, fortunately for us, that's rarely the case. So um, how do we feel in general? Uh, we've, we're quite a ways into the cruise era now. What are the general feelings about that? I'm generally pretty pleased. Like I so said, there's, there's areas for improvement. But he's a first-time head coach. Uh, you know, there have been, been exciting games to watch. I think it's been a process for him probably trying to get his feet under him maybe a little bit, mm -hmm. which is to be expected. I mean, he was kind of thrown into this. I don't think he was necessarily expecting to be in the position that he's in right now. Yeah, uh, He's got a staff that he, you know, I'm sure he's pleased with. I mean, how could you not be with – I mean, we know Simon and Mario, so we like him a lot. Yep. Um, but for those that don't, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily – you know, he didn't pick them, but he's happy to have them, I'm certain. Um yeah. So you know, I, 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 given the situation that he's been thrust into, I think he's graded out really well. 
Yeah, I was going to... Uh, the, the reason I asked, I wanted to see if the consensus was similar to what I'm thinking. And I feel like he's really come into the the role very positively and very well. And he, not only with his team selections, I've been impressed. And this is a measure for me if someone's a good coach or not. When I see a, something on the field, I'm like, yeah, this feels like a change should be happening here. He seems to not be afraid to make those changes. When yeah. someone's not playing well, bringing someone out at halftime... Yeah. That's a bold move. An assistant coach is normally the one who's putting their arm around somebody yeah. and being the kind of the uh, the good cop in many cases. Right. But, you know, we've got, you know, Akil in that game, not playing well, wasn't afraid to bring him out at halftime. They're yeah. big decisions. Yeah. Because you've got to live up to those in the locker room. So I really with impressed that, yeah. with the way he's managed the games. Uh, I love his demeanor before and after games in his press conferences. I think he carries himself in the right way. And I think the results speak for themselves. We're basically top of the league. Yeah. So we yeah. haven't had a letdown. You know, I think defensively, no, we I just need like to make sure this yeah. isn't something structurally. And, and I'm sure nobody's more aware of it than he is and trying to you know, tighten things up there. But generally speaking, I think we've got to be thrilled with the way he's come in and, and I don't taken over yeah, the team. That's what I was going to say. Is that when you look at the, the boys on the field and what appears to be the morale, the effort, the, the performance, it's all been consistent. I don't think... I feel like we've been, you know, we've been dominant even in the games that we've either lost or drawn. We've been in the game, and you know, have, that moment have done, hasn't have done everything yeah. except put more goals in the net, right? Right. But when you look at the the way that we've played and the you know just the way that the boys have carried themselves, I feel like he's he certainly got the respect of the of the team and is getting a lot out of them. I mean, so. it, regardless of what you know whatever else that I've said, it's, it's enter the games are entertaining to watch. Uh, yeah. they definitely keep you interested <laughs> and, you know, for better or worse, would I, would I, you know, would I like to see a speed every team five nil? Of course I would. Everybody would. Um, that's, um, that's an unreasonable expectation. Don't get me wrong. Um, unless you're a Portland Thorns fan. Uh, but in any event, I, like I said, I, I think he's great out really well. I think he's got a long, he's, you know, plenty of season ahead of him. He has certainly hasn't done anything to jeopardize his job at all. Uh, and the, you know the turnaround he, that he's made after the first four games has been uh, good, and yep. so that's generally the way I look at it. Uh, well, right. we made we made it through all the games. I think incredible. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do this more often. <laughs> uh, let's uh, do some mass barrel proof real quick. I, I may have gotten some responses. Actually, you know what? Let me do this first, though. Do you want to uh, talk about the Jogo rumor real quick? Oh yeah, let's do that. Uh, Jogo's in France. <laughs> Are we sure about this? I mean, we confirmed by uh, Instagram story from Charles de Gaulle Airport. Apparently, uh, I, I didn't see this. Yeah, uh, he, on an Instagram story, probably a big mistake. I'm sure he heard it, heard about that from somebody as soon as Everybody I don't know. Knickers. <laughs> <laughs> before before a, a league game against Tulsa, I don't know about that. Um, in any event, he he uh, he got caught. I don't know how I want to. I don't want to say that. In any event, we're it, it brought up a lot of questions. Are we gonna? How long are we going to have him? Some interesting dynamics that came up on that, though. His 18th birthday is September 1st. The European transfer window closes on August 31st. He can't sign a European contract until he turns 18. So is he? does that foreclose him from being able to sign a contract in Europe until the January transfer window or something? Rob, you got any thoughts on that? Seemingly so, right? If that's what you're saying, it's true. Now, I know... Why is there this 18-year-old? I thought in Europe it's fair game. I mean, people are signing. Aren't aren't kids being signed for I think academies? it's due to them not wanting. I don't know the exact rules on this. So this is me speaking off the cuff. But I think it's been tradition, historically been 
to to discourage them moving kids all over the world to bring them to the. He doesn't academies. have a European passport. Pulisic yeah. could sign in Europe because he had a European yeah. passport. Uh, he, if he play, if he made X number of uh, national team appearances, he might get some kind of exception to visa laws or whatever it happens to be. But I think because he doesn't have any of that, I mean, he's made some youth national team appearances. He obviously has gotten called up to the Mexican youth, Mexican senior national team for camp anyway. Um, but I don't think he gets any of those exceptions or waivers. Mm-hmm. I think he's just got to wait like everybody else to turn 18. I like I said, I don't know. It's all speculation. I don't know anything about this. I, I'm just reading, from, reading from what a, I've read from people that I know that know things on Twitter. But this is what we, as a club, right? You know, we Shout joke about it, and it's, you know, and we want to keep him. But at the same time, this is a, you know, we're a second division team that needs to generate revenue, oh. and, and part of the part of the game is developing players. Well, I and want him to, to the go. highest level. I want him to go. Yeah, he needs to go. The club, but I want the club to be able to make money on him. Exactly going. one. That would be great. So the sooner he goes, the better for the club in sure. some respects. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I don't want him to leave on a free because his contract yeah. expires at the end of the season. I, you know, are we going to try and sign him to a one-year deal so we can reap something out of it, so so we can get something out of him when when he when the January window opens? I don't know if his if the, he or his agent, who I think is his dad, I don't know, would agree to that. I don't, you know, I don't know why they would. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a. It's a tough situation. I don't know how that's going to go. I ho- want nothing but the best for him. Well, there's a couple of elements to this too, right? There's the, the transfer fee element, which for the club would be huge. But there's also a um, a kind of a marketing and sales element to this, right? We want the next versions of him to want to sign for us. Right. And you start pro- being the team that says, well, look what happened. We, we told him, come to us. We're going to get your experience in the professional game. We're going to give you an opportunity to shine, to showcase your ability. You're going to get called up by the Mexican and U.S. national teams into camp. Then you're going to get signed to a contract well, in Europe, theoretically. Part of that's scouting. That's a big right? thing. Um, and uh, there's a really interesting episode of the USL show, if you don't listen to it, where Dan Egner, who used to be uh, kind of run things for a rail uh, monarchs, was on. And he had a, some really insightful things to say uh, about the way a lot of USL clubs are set up. A lot of clubs have it where the manager, the head coach, is also responsible for recruiting and finding new talent. I don't know how you do that in the middle of a season when your job is day to day to day to get your players ready and your team and scout the opponent and get ready for that. That's a, that's an eight nine hour ten hour a day job. How do you come home from that and then all of a sudden you got to watch video all night or watch games? Like, you know, try and find you strange have to rely phone on calls. scouting networks and you got to rely right. on contacts in the game. Well, that but that's hard to do is what yeah. I'm saying, and that's hard for one person to do. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think James O'Connor comes in. He kind of takes that load off of our of our head coaches. I'm thinking that's what he's... I don't know exactly. James doesn't talk a lot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know... I I think he would agree that he does some of that because he is excellent at it. Don't get me wrong. Like before the USL matured into what it is now, he was able to do those sorts... Find those kinds of players and develop in there. And that's why John Hackworth was such a good signing for us because he already had all these relationships relationships with all his kids. Um, And that was very... Probably one of the big reasons why we have Jonathan Gomez here. It is. And that that was very useful. So now we're in a situation where that doesn't necessarily, I mean, Danny's got connections, don't get me wrong, that doesn't necessarily exist, so we're kind of putting a little bit of the onus, some on him, some on you know his, his staff, and, and a little bit more on O'Connor, I'm imagining. Uh, but So it's two, twofold, though. You've got the kids that you are out wherever, that if you're a USL club, you have to figure out a way to sign them to cheap, mm-hmm. and then make sure you're doing right by that player and selling them, not for an unreasonable fee, so you're handcuffing them to your team. 
uh, because the U.S. pays higher wages than a lot of other places do, but the opportunities may be better elsewhere. But also it's the development of talent in your own backyard, which is where Mario and Simon come back in, and all these academy players that are on these academy deals that occasionally show up in 18s for us, which is great. I'd like to see one or two of them hit the field at some point uh, just so we can hopefully prove that that pipeline works. So it's a brand new So pipeline. do we talk about the U.S. Open Cup? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that would have been a great the, opportunity, the great though. Yeah, I knew see, I'd oh, get you going with that. Um, <laughs> uh, don't get me started on you, that. We've already, yeah. we've already heard your rant on that. Yeah, well, yeah. it was a good one, and I don't need to repeat it. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it's, it's the way this is supposed to go, right? I mean, we, yeah. we bring in a player, they get the opportunity – but no, the, like the but the in our own and play in our and own footprint, and then they go on to a bigger, you know, yeah. yes. greener pasture. But it's but like I said, it's twofold. It's it's can you find the talent out there that needs us to use us as a stepping stone? Which no one likes to look at themselves that way. But we're second division American soccer. We're definitely a stepping stone. Uh, so hopefully we need, but we need to be comfortable with that and find a way to get other people to look at us that way, yep. so we can be the springboard of the next thing. Which Joko is a, you know, yeah. we did it with Mark Anthony K. We've got a consistently do that uh so jogo's another one uh, i like you know i'm like i said i want the winders to come and play and do really well and go on and do great well, things well and look at his development as well gomez from that last year yeah, to this no, year it's is been night and day. day now he would say he gives he he puts that down to a playing with the guys he's playing with which is great but b's like i you know i was 16 and now i'm 17 or whatever he's definitely growing uh, and i've gotten a little bit bigger and faster and stronger and he taller looks bigger and all those things. every time yeah I he does yeah <laughs> He's like, he's like, yeah, that, that has helped. Uh, yeah. He's not, he's, you know, he's giving himself some credit that, you know, he doesn't, he, he deserves some for, you know, it's not like, you know, people grow. That's how mm-hmm. that works. But, you know, <laughs> no, <he's laughs> but not always is. a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I for him, the speed and strength he's, looks. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. He's got some self-awareness about him, which most 17 year olds don't. So you got to give him a little bit of credit about that. Sure. Well, uh, let's, he, let's hope by the way it yeah. works out for him and he, we start watching him at, you know, if he does move on, I hope he gets an opportunity because the worst thing that can happen is you move on and then you get buried and we see you back here in three or four years. I hope he moves on no, to bigger I and better think, things. I think he's got a bright future ahead yeah. of him. As long as he keeps his head on his shoulders, he'll be all right. Um, speaking of that interview I was referencing was on uh, our good friend Benton Newman's new podcast, Vamos Verados. Uh, you should check it out. Ta- Robbie's very upset about that. Are we issuing the five-a-side challenge yet? Or? Oh, yeah. Let's do, yeah <laughs> I'll let you do that here at the end, okay? Um uh, other fun things Benton is doing. Uh, Nile McCabe has. Oh, I've lost the thing. Uh, I've got to find a way to find it. His Watch our Twitter feed. Yeah, he's assigned a pride jersey and a signed Maker's Mark model, I think. A couple uh, auction items. Yeah, I think. For charity, of course. Yeah, I, I don't know if that auction's over yet. If it's not, it's on 32auctions.com. Or check out Nile's Twitter, Instagram. Check out Benton's Twitter and Instagram or whatever. And it's all on there. So uh, I'll. I'll jump on that uh, Nile is at Nile McCabe I think or he's easy to find and Benton is Vamos Morados or Purple SDF um, let's see here we got some ask barrel proof questions I tweeted one out like literally an hour ago and uh, we got a f- we got a few a few so let's let's hit awesome. that real the quick. are 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 there they well, exist. Mo- most of them are, are usual suspects but I'm glad to hear from them <laughs> uh, so let's let's hit these first Todd or, or Justin from Louisville Ledge Dogs not sure which probably Todd uh, asked first, who do you think wins a fight between Niall McCabe and a cow? Hmm. Oh, Niall had tweeted something about this as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know the joke, so you're going to fill me in. I think, is there something on the internet right now? Some kind of... I like This that. is, I don't think, exclusive I, I've been, I've been unfortunately, living living adult life like way <laughs> too much lately. I've, I'm sad about it, so I don't... The truth of the matter is, I think you could... 
you could I would uh, anyone who's you know animal rights activist listening I'm not promoting this <laughs> but if you were to punch a cow in the head I don't think the cow would realize no probably so not so I think it would end up being a tie because the cow would never drop yeah, the cow could just take as much punishment. <laughs> oh, hold on, now I got so it. Much okay, so, okay. So hold on, I found it. What? I don't know where th- what prompted this, but Niall asked in hand to hand com hand to hand com fight combat fight to the death. Yeah, dude. Uh, could you defeat a cow? And I don't know what all the responses were, but Niall thinks that a cow would beat him. So if Niall thinks that a cow would, would win, I don't think a cow would ever attack. Is the problem? I mean, it's a cow. I don't know. It's not a bull, right? It's not a bull. If you yeah. want to be anatomically correct about it. I don't know. I, maybe if you hit him enough, they'd get annoyed. Well, he didn't say, he didn't what would you have to do to piss off a cow that much where it would be perturbed with you? You know, that's the that's a good that's a real question. If you tip the cow, does that count as a win? All right, let's look at this. Let's let's t- let's take a look at like when you tail the tape, right? <laughs> Cows definitely have longer appendages than humans do. Yes, true. They weigh what a thousand pounds or something. At least. So you know the height and weight thing is is a real disadvantage to the human, but. Uh, I just think it wouldn't be much of a fight. I think the cow would just sit there and be like, "Whatever." Right? It'd be a butter. It'd be like a butter bean situation. I, 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 and, and let's just be real. You know, we're. I think we're all huge Nile fans here. If you've stood next to Nile, he's not the biggest, biggest fella out there. Versus a cow. Yeah, I think I we might have to give it to the cow. I think it's a tie. I hate, I to, I hate to do that to him, but he's. He yeah, already said it. The so cow he, I just, feel all bad. the cow would need is one one strong move to fall on uh, top. One, of one hip one hip check, and that's a broken limb. I'm sure. <laughs> It's it reminds me of that, that like question. you all remember <laughs> in the house podcast with Evan and Andy, they would always ask all their guests, like, what would you, would you rather, uh, all one, you have is one horse sized duck or 11? No, well, you have a supporter size. scarf is your only <laughs> weapon is the supporter <laughs> scarf <laughs> and you're in an octagon and would you rather fight a, I think it's a gorilla or a, or a python or something or a boa constrictor. I can't remember. Y'all remember this? With the Cool story, Ty. Okay, well, that, <laughs> the, the question reminded me of that one. <laughs> no, I, I, I do remember, but I can't remember the way it's couched, and I'm not attempting to do that. I'm not so sure the sport scarf's going to be a whole lot of help. But <laughs> well, you jump on, you up. jump on the back of of the gorilla, and you. I mean, Tarzan. Do you think you're stopping a gorilla with a supporter scarf? Have you felt the material on a supporter scarf? It's going to tear pretty quick. No, the the ones the Coopers put out this year are pretty 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 durable. I like those. All right, uh, the other Ledgehogs question is, if you could pick one racing player to play a match with Louisville City, who would it be, and why is it Savannah McCaskill? I mean, yeah. way to suggest your own answer to the question. Well, we've been moving the goalkeepers around quite a bit, so oh, yeah, I might go that way. I mean, Betos would, Betos would do yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, who, would I, who would I pick? If it, wasn't, if it wasn't Savannah, Savannah's a good answer. Yeah, I think Savannah's the best. Yeah, Yuki did. Um that's right. Yeah. I, dude, I tell you what. Uh, if you put Emily Fox in like attached in an attacking midfield role, I'd be interested to see what she could do. I think it'd be interesting to see. Uh, she's got a lot more chops than a lot of so than several of the men's players. Uh, yeah, would they kick the crap out of her? Yeah, of course they would, because men are dicks. But th- that and that's just the way they play. It's fine. Uh, but I I think it would be interesting to watch and see what she could do. Anyone else got a different answer? No, no I agree with that. Emily and Savannah probably. I, I, not yeah, like you say, some of the the uh, cross gender stuff sometimes challenging. But I do think it would be neat to to combine and have a co-ed team between the different franchises. I suggested that as well. He said, oh, okay. I suggested that as well. I said I don't think it would be an interesting to play one team against the other. But if you did a co-ed like co-ed, yeah, so Louisville's co-ed. teams, yeah, like somebody North pick Carolina's captains, pick players, you know, like we do with you know. with our pickup games on Fridays. 
that would be awesome. Well, I'm thinking around the league too. You could have like Chicago teams mix in. Well, it would help league. if those two teams got along. But yeah, yeah. that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Suderito asks: Assuming full health, full health, what back line would you like to see for racing? Uh, I have an answer for this. I would like to see if Gemma and bon- Gemma Bonner and uh, uh, Hendricks could play as a center back pairing. Uh, I I love Emily Fox as, as a fullback, but I kind of want to see her play higher up the field. Love what Aaron Simon's doing on the right-hand side. Um, and then you could put Neely Martin or Julie Ashley on the left. I think those would be – that's what I would like to see. Anybody else got any answers? Or Addison Merrick, I guess, on one of the – There we go. All right, last one. One of the back uh, – wing-back positions. Yeah. But that, that, like, I think that's my ideal racing back line. Uh, last one from uh, at Condra B, Brandon, who asks, with Jogo eventually moving on to Europe, what team would you be most excited to see him on? I think that's a good question for Robbie. Robbie, where do you want where do you want to see Jogo? Gosh, there's an, there's an endless number of teams, isn't there? I think he would do well in in to start with in the, maybe the French league or the Portuguese leagues, somewhere like that to start with. So let's just say. I don't want to say PSG because he's never going to get a game. Yeah. You know, you want him at he, a team. Be, Monaco would be sweet. Yeah, somewhere Monaco like Monaco would be super sweet. Uh, and then who just, like, what Lille about the German just won. Lille? What about the Bundesliga? Lille. You don't think he's... Obviously, the Bundesliga has a history now of giving young Americans an opportunity. Well, right. right. Bundesliga is fairly physical. Um, I think he'd do okay there. His, probably I'd, do fine, yeah. I, you know where I think he'd absolutely rip it up is the Eredivisie in uh, Holland, though. I think that would be... Something. I think that league's a well. It's a good league. I'd say it's a step down from Germany. I don't disagree, but I'm like, you know, I think it. Yeah. But people make the jump from Ajax to places all the time, or PSV, or whatever happens to be. So. Yeah. You know. But I I think I'd like. Yeah, I think one of those leagues would be a good start. I wouldn't want to see him come to the Premier League. Yeah, it'd be a little too quick. I think if if Monaco is in the mood to spend some money and put him on a team with some nice pieces around him, man, he he might make some real hay at a place like that. Because all it takes in France is for somebody other than PSG to spend some money, and then that league is interesting to watch every like every. Yeah, you know, his, his every brother's spot. not not got too much for looking in the if first team. With, yet, right? Is he with Porto? I think he's with the second team though. Yeah. right? is that right? That's that rings a bell. Could be a could could be a brother. I don't ever get there. to. You, I don't ever. I can never watch Portuguese games, whatever Premier Division or whatever it is over there. I can't yeah. ever get those games on TV. Um, but yeah, I I think France would be a good place for him. Uh, you know, a top five or six le- team there. Yeah. Marseille or Lyon or something like that. Or, or like I said, Lille or, or Monaco would be fun. Um, you know, yeah, Germany, I think, you tell you what, you learn a lot in Germany. You learn how to get a lot, like, play a lot more tactical and technical, I feel like, in a league like that. But there's a lot of good fullbacks in Germany. Yeah. And may- maybe that's not where he plays. Um, you know, and he looks up to Alfonso Davies a lot, which, who wouldn't? Um well, that's what I was gonna say. I, you know, I don't. I feel I, like he he could get into one of the big clubs. I mean, you talking about Alfonso Davis signing to Bayern from the Vancouver Whitecaps or wherever he came from. Yeah, you know, I don't and, mean he, to sell and, he's, and he's the same age basically. And you know, get him in. I feel like one of these bigger clubs might bring him into the fold and give him the shot. I mean, ma- maybe he doesn't happen. make the first. Maybe he doesn't have the Davies projection, right? Yeah. So there but are le- there are levels to the game, right? And yeah. Uh, I just like, I'm trying to like be you know try and find a place where I think he'd have the chance to go impress and get some starting minutes where he doesn't have 
it's a little bit of it. I don't, you know, there's no primrose path for anybody, but yeah. you know, where I think he's got a chance to really prove himself, get some playing time, and and you know, find the net. You know, this hopefully whatever his ne- his next jump is isn't going to be the end of where he lands, yeah. right? Like where he in some of these leagues, you have got to remember the, the crowd is unforgiving. You're in Spain, you're in the Premier League. You come into the team and you don't do well. They're not going to say, oh, he's a young guy, let's give him a chance. He'll be jeered off the field. So you want to be in a league where you get an opportunity to develop with a slightly um, more forgiving fan fan culture. So that's why I think somewhere like France or Portugal may be a good good fit. I agree with that. Uh, That's all I got for us, Barrel Proof, guys. And we covered the Jogo thing, more or less. And I haven't been on Reddit for like two weeks, so I couldn't tell you what what is actually going on anywhere. League news seems a little quiet this year. Not not as much drama. Yeah, a little seemingly. bit. There, you know, there's the whole, you know, every every seems like every week in the Western Conference, somebody makes a homophobic, homophobic or racial slur or something. Uh, and the who's that, in trouble this week? I couldn't tell you. You know, someone. <laughs> but it, it's like that's not great, and you know, the league could probably do a lot better about handling that sort of thing. Um, but aside from that, you know, it's kind of it's strangely enough been kind of like a normal. <laughs> soccer season, which I didn't think I'd be saying at this point in 2021, you know, which is kind of great. You know, generally across the league, we have a, we have a sense of, of people mostly opened up fully now, or it's getting that way. I think, um, yeah. you know, Louisville is definitely jumping on it as quickly as they could, and I think they've been able to do that. Seems like fairly safely. I haven't heard about any problems or complaints, and helps that you know Jefferson County's done a really good job getting people vaccinated and things like that. Yeah. And surrounding areas too, um, so really you know, appreciate the atmosphere in the stadium. It's just been, it's been. Fantastic. I haven't been to a game where the, where it was opened all the way up yet. I take yeah. that back. I went to a race the the racing game midweek, which is a hard, yeah, you know, scene to to try and catch a big crowd. But it was it was fun. Yeah, the so. atmosphere of the indie game I thought was solid. Um, I've heard some of the uh, complaints about the sun. In the sporter section. Oh man, yeah. Um, There's a lot. Of I don't think we've sun. covered that on the pod, have we? The <laughs> Sungate. Um, I mean, yeah. But um, we talked about it a little bit last time. It's it's brutal, man. It's hot sitting over there. <laughs> it just is. Just and wear a hat or put on your sunglasses. They could put. They could put. I got an O'Connor era. Like when uh, you're in the when you're in the back what seat. A, what do you call the bee? I got an yeah. O'Connor the era beekeeper. Loose no, no, no. <laughs> hold on. I got a. Ty's not allowed to wear it. Though. I got a slightly more. I got a slightly more fun idea. We got those ropes where you can hang the tifos from the roof, right? Well, you know how like you, you we all have kids, and in the back seats of a lot of cars, you have those like see-through screens yeah, that you can yeah, pull down. Yeah. How great would that be? Well, they could just, just get a giant see-through screen <laughs> that covers it until the sun goes down, and then not everybody's getting you know just absolutely baked over there. You know what do you think about that? Come on, Ty. You spring for that? I'm fine with it. I sit, <laughs> I sit in the sun. I, if I get too hot, then I shed a layer or I get a beer. You, can't you don't sit here, over right? there. You don't sit over there. I it's do hot. Too. No, I you do. Don't. Yeah, you got your, you got your no, legs. I sit right there in the sun. We're mm. in the sun all the, t- the whole time, aren't we, Robbie? Robbie sits with me. We're on the sun side. Yeah, it's it's hot over there in that that stopping land. All right, anyway. that's all. That's pretty much all. It, all I'm there. <laughs> How is it? It's hot. That's pretty much the answer <laughs> to that question. All right, guys. I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, we will do better next week. I won't be here. I'm going to be gone. 
So you guys have fun coordinating that. All right, we're going to uh, try to plan it early. Yeah, there you go. Somebody write an agenda so we don't have to just let me wing it or let you. Winging it is fun. Should we try and get another special guest in as all the other podcasts? You know who, who you should get. Challenge, our good we friend. had you tonight, Robbie. That was, you were oh, our, no, special our special guest. guest Robbie yeah, Barker, special. thanks for being here. I am special. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a suggestion. I'll, I'll be upset if it actually works out, but Brian Davis is back in town. He's, he's, he's living Back in the great state of Kentucky, he is no what, longer. He's back for living. good, living here. Yeah, he's he's okay. back in his back in his house. Got his pool redone. I've been over to see it yet. I haven't. We've been we've been busy. He's been busy. Our paths have have yet to cross. But I'm gonna I'm gonna blow him up this week and say he needs to come back. Oh man, home. we're gonna have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to really prepare yeah. something good because I'm, he's. I'll how many, how many of the two sixty nine was he involved in? I mean. Yeah, 16 out of them. That's, that would be the answer he'd prefer, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot more. I think it was more than that. He was he was yeah. probably the first couple hundred, I feel, or 200 maybe. Who knows? Uh, in any event, uh, these guys will catch you next week. Uh, let's hope we're talking about a win against uh, Tulsa and Orlando. What did you say? Watch, yeah, watch out for we the might, We guys. might have to do a, a lot of uh, jealousy of the England success I'm feeling here today, but that's okay. We might have to do the pot at the game on Wednesday because we got two home games next week. Next week. Wednesday and Saturday. Snap. I'm missing them both. So, anyway. Well, and I don't think right. racing's back until the end of the month. Yeah, they got a they got a bit of a away away. We got a trip. bit of a haul, yeah. Um, yeah. All right guys. Great uh, podcasting. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find Vamos us. Vamos <laughs> There you go, Ty. Jump in the gun. Yeah, Vamos, you, you all know where to find us. If you don't by now, I don't know what to tell you. Catch you guys next next week. Bye.